Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Pro Football Playbook, presented by the Pigskin Podcast Network, your source for team news, draft needs, player profiles and rankings, full senior bowl, combine, and NFL draft coverage, news, analysis, discussion. It's in the playbook. Now, here is your host, sports journalist Bill Alpstead, and featured analyst Keith Myers. Pro Football Playbook Podcast listeners, welcome into the show. I'm Bill Alpstead, your host, sitting down with co-host, Mr. Keith Myers. On our continued series of roster evaluations, we're on to the New Orleans Saints and the New York Giants. Welcome in, Keith. Yeah, um, this is a nice morning show. Got my morning coffee here ready to go. Let's um, analyze some rosters. I've done um, all my coffee duty already, and I've moved on to orange juice. You Whatever also works. you've also been up for five hours. Me, I've, I've been, been up. up for, I've been up for two. Yeah, so up, you're right. I have been up for five hours. Goodness gracious! Um, it's only ten o'clock in the morning. Um, so let's start with is, New Orleans. And, yeah, this is a um, fun show. It's a. They needed to upgrade at quarterback, but there wasn't the quarterback market wasn't because it wasn't going to work for them. So they re-upped Jameis Winston, and they're they're intent on rolling that back again. Um, Taysom Hill is still there. Andy Dalton is still there or is there now. Um, that's a whole bunch of not good. Um, I mean, Jameis Winston has a ton of talent. Um, but he does his, have a ton of talent, <clears throat> but he went through the ACL. Mm-hmm. And then quite frankly, before that, it was okay. Yeah. It was it was okay. But you know, there's some mistake prone situations with Jameis, and it's always been that way. Um, and I think that's why he's never really ascended. I mean, he's, he's not a top 10 quarterback oh, in no, this league right all. now at all. And no, he's, and he's never, been. and yet they're paying him, you know, $29 million or whatever it is, um, on, yeah, on a they're, deal. They're paying him to be a bridge and get them, you know, through another what, year. Why do why do you think that they went that way? They could have had a Baker Mayfield situation possibly, or Jimmy Garoppolo or, or other mid-tier kind of free agents out there. I mean, they did sign Andy Dalton. Um, but my question is, they they could have used some of that $29 million and, and gone in a different direction. They chose to stay with, with uh, Jameis Winston. Because Winston's um, the best option that they had. I mean, to get Mayfield or Garoppolo, you got to trade assets. And they didn't and those want to are trade still assets. Bridge, and those are still bridge quarterbacks. Yeah. Got the and so the so they went with Winston, and and twenty nine million dollars is is the um, price of entry. Um, 
And so they gave him, you know, they've, they've improved um, the quality of his weapons and they're hoping to get more out of him. Um, he's a guy that can throw for 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. We've seen that. He can also throw for 30 interceptions and we've seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're, they're looking at him as a guy that they can, uh, if they can limit the mistakes that they can win with him, he's just got to limit the mistakes. Um, and honestly, they, this is a team that does not want to rebuild. Even with Sean Payton gone, even with Drew Brees gone, they don't want to rebuild. They want to continue competing as long as they can. Um, and they'll churn the roster as they go, but they don't want a, a, a down year by playing, you know, uh, Taysom Hill as their starting quarterback and, and going for three or four wins. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major sports action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. They've got a decent roster. I mean, they've got a great offensive line, even uh, yeah, after Terrence Armstead is gone. They went in and uh, picked got- up. Trevor Penning. They went and picked up a guy in the draft. That's right. Um, Trevor Penning. They picked up Chris Olave as well, uh, number 11 overall. Tell me first about the trade situation that you know about in the offseason. At the time, it seemed like they were setting themselves up for a different move. Yeah. And they did move up in the draft, but it was to get a wide receiver. That was one of the most perplexing decisions, I thought, overall, when you take a look at the value that they gave mm-hmm. to get two first picks and then moved up yet more value to get to 11 and then chris Olave, the wide receiver i just found that in a team that needed a lot of different things including a quarterback quarterbacks were there we obviously know the quarterback class was was not great um but explain that to me i can't I, I honestly, I, I don't know what they were thinking and what they were doing. Uh, it felt when they made that first trade with um, with the Eagles to get, you know, so they ha- were sitting there with those two first round picks that they had done that for a reason. And there was a trade coming, whether it be to move way up in the draft to get a quarterback, which they didn't do, or there was another player um, that was available. It, there, it might have been a situation where they had a deal in place. And then somebody screwed that up by taking him earlier than where that you know where they were able to trade to, and so then they were they were stuck using the picks. Um, it's also possible that they were doing that thinking that they were in on on um, Russell Wilson, and so that they could have the um, ammunition to go get him. But you know Denver took that part away from them. All I know is that they've they had they were in a weird spot where they had that extra pick because they made that trade. And then 
they were they went up and moved and they really wanted to get uh, a second elite receiver um because michael thomas is there but he missed last year because of injury and has had some injury concerns and when he isn't there that the offense really struggles and so now they have a second guy and if they're both healthy you've got a really nice group of receivers and if if Thomas gets hurt. Well, now they can they can withstand that better. Um, that's about all I can get as far as that. <laughs> I, I the rest of it I can't really explain that well. Um, but they that's did just a up. lot of value, a lot of value given mm-hmm. away to get Chris Olave and then Trevor Penning. You know, some there were some who didn't value him as high as as even nineteen overall. Um, uh, I thought he, that that's where he should have. That's where I think he should have gone. So that was a great, um, great pick for them. But the Chris Olave thing, I'm just not sure. We'll see in time. Chris Olave turns into an all pro. Yeah, that's the greatest pick ever. And then they got um, um, Alante Taylor um, at cornerback um, in the second round. Um, and then they had to wait all the way into pick 161 in the fifth round before they got another pick. And so, you know, you down at the bottom of the draft, you've got, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, you've got, DeMarco Jackson at linebacker and Jordan Jackson at defensive tackle. Neither of those players are, are making an impact this year. So you've really got three guys um, that need to make an impact. And Olave, because of how much they gave up to get him, uh, he better come in and be good on day well, one. Well, not only that, Keith, and this is kind of an overarching strategy for the New Orleans Saints, is to mortgage the future to kind of get into position now. And and mm-hmm. the more and more you do that, the, the the, the more the diminishing returns start to come in. And that they did the same sort of tactic with this Chris Olave thing. They gave up future draft capital to get another first-round pick this year, and then they moved up against giving up more capital to go get a wide receiver at 11, um, where there was a whole bunch of, you know, well, uh, Trevor Penning, obviously, they got their line moved. There was the defensive uh, ends, edge rushers, defensive tackles, um all sorts of players you know at that spot uh to choose from they went ahead and went and got their guy that's great but i'm just saying they gave up a lot of and 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 in addition you know to that we can talk about how they manage their cap overall in general and mortgaging things with the kind of a credit card mentality um to push contracts out further with dead years and so forth leaves you with a lot of dead cap space ultimately Mm -hmm at some point that diminishes your roster because you aren't able to make moves that you need to, to keep that, the, the talent level, um, going long-term. And so I'm not exactly sure how they've managed to do it this long and this far. They believe that they're in a win now mode without a win now quarterback. And so they're, I don't, I don't quite get it. I don't get it. You know, that they're, they have a roster. So in the, in the NFC, and we've talked about this many times across many different shows about how competitive it is. And I just don't know if New Orleans is even in the conversation at all, even with this roster, to get in the playoffs. Now, see, I do. Because um, Jameis Winston is good enough to get him there. He, is he good enough to, to win him a title? No, because he'll make too many mistakes uh, at some point and, and lose a game for them. Um, but I think they're good enough to get there. They're the second best team in their division. And they're probably the sixth best team in the conference because the conference is weak. Uh, and so I think they're, they're a playoff team. 
And the fact that they were able to replace Taron Armstead with Trevor Penning, and you you replace a very expensive player with a um, you know a rookie on a rookie deal, is how you survive um, you know that turnover when you can't retain your own players. But a year from now, um, they're currently fifty three million dollars over the cap um, as far with with what the projected cap is. Now, if the cap takes a bigger jump and that number comes down, great. Um, but that's where it's predicted to be is is they're going to be 50. So they have to cut a bunch of players a year from now or the rework ex- contracts and, and push yeah. the, push the problem, kick that can down the road another year. Um, but ultimately at some point that it's, you're going to have to, to pay that Piper. And um, they have been, and they have a little bit, Keith. I mean, if you remember, well, you do they were, remember. They were over a hundred million um, yeah. over and, the cap. And so they're getting right. Point. But, so, but in order to do that, in order to get to where they are today, even they've diminished their mm-hmm. opportunities to and and then and then they have Jameis winston they re-up that situation i just think that that's a mediocrity type of move there and i disagree with you a little bit i think there's seven or eight teams ahead of them even in a diminished nfc conference um, if you go around the horn you look they're seven eight ninth best team and um it just depends really on on if Jameis winston comes back and he's on top of his game they don't have the turnovers and they're able to, you know, have a, a good defense, which they do. Um, then then yeah, maybe. But I think that they're in that bubble situation where they could be in or they could be out, depending on a couple of uh the way the balls bounce um in yeah. this in this league. I don't know. I, I I see I see a pretty competent roster overall because you're um Jameis Winston, like I said, he has the talent. And, and it, because he got hurt mid-year, he's expected to be ready um, for training camp. So, um, you know, Alvin Kamara is as good as they come. He's also injury prone, but they've got Mark Ingram now um, backing him up. You look at their wide receivers between Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas. That's a one, two, three punch at wide receiver, which is elite. Um, you know, and then their yeah. offensive line, you know, they – Getting Trevor Penning in there um, to start at left tackle, but he um, is a rookie. I just remind you, he is I know. Rookie. But you know, Andres, Pete, um, Cesar Ruiz, Forrest Lamp, all at guard. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and Ryan Ramchek's you know great right tackle. So um, they their offensive line is good. Their weapons are good, um, and you just ask your quarterback to not lose you games. Um, and on defense, I mean, you got Cameron Jordan. I mean, he's an elite player. Um, I like uh, Demario Davis at middle linebacker, Pete Werner on the weak side, mm-hmm. um, Marshawn Lattimore um, at cornerback, Tyron Matthew um, at mm-hmm. safety, uh, and Marcus May at safety. I mean, they've got the guys needed to win games and depth, and they've got depth behind them. Yeah. yeah. So it's for your you're you're having problem with. Um, just winston i think I they do. can win with winston they were winning with winston last year the the team fell off and missed the, the playoffs the key because that, winston got hurt the key that you just said uh they need to just have quarterback play where they don't make mistakes and lose games that's where i have the problem Jameis winston but, is going to make mistakes but they and those mistakes winning, are going to cost them games they were winning with him last year uh, because I mean, he was because of were, their defense. I mean, their defense was dominant the first five, six games out. 
Yeah. And he wasn't making mistakes. They were only asking him to throw for 180 to 200. He had yards some great game. games. Yeah, he no, he had some great games coming out of the gate. We'll see. And then they he can got duplicate hurt. that. Yeah. So by not asking him to throw for 4,000 yards, um, they were able to keep his interceptions down. So do we and know what games. the new regime is going to do? You got Dennis Allen at, at uh, head no. coach and Pete Carmichael at offensive coordinator. They do have somebody that you really like um, sharing duties with a defensive coordinator and Chris Richard. They do. Um, Chris Richard is a fantastic cornerbacks coach. Um, and you know, just one of the best I've ever seen coach. Um, he was the guy who developed a bunch of late round picks into the Legion of Boom up in Seattle. Um, and you know, having him on, on your staff is, is a win. Um, now he hasn't had the greatest record as a defensive coordinator, but he, he sim seems to always end up taking over play calling wherever he goes because he at least has the great ideas in the meeting rooms and yeah. uh head He's coaches very competent. Yeah. head coaches want to give him control and they do um and so yeah he's a guy that uh he's a he's an upgrade to your coaching staff so i like i like that move i think the defense is going to be good again um and i think the offense is better than you think i think this is a playoff team all right so let's move on to a team that's in rebuild mode and how long have they been in rebuild mode? They've been in uh, rebuild mode a long time. And now they're kind of in rebuild mode again. Um, they're rebuilding after their rebuild after their rebuild. They're, they're having harm reduction therapy. You know, after um, Gettleman uh, was there, they've um, taken some financial help off the books with like Logan Ryan um, being, being gone. And then, um, they made a, a shrewd move, I think, in bringing Tyrod Taylor in to be behind Daniel Jones there to kind of push it a little bit and, and maybe add some veteran presence there for Daniel Jones. Um, but this is a roster that's been void of, of, of talent overall. Um, mm -hmm. but I thought they did an okay job in the off season, kind of trying to build that a little bit with some lateral moves and free agency, but I thought the draft for them went fantastic. Yeah, and that's what where as this team, uh, they need to build through the draft. They they need to they need to look at the long game and not try and win now because they're not going to win now. The roster's not good enough. And so building through the draft and not trading away a bunch of picks for, you know, some veteran player um is smart. And they went they had a really nice draft. I mean, having two picks in the top seven will do that for you. Um, right. You right. Know, there was had, a lot of speculation that they would, you know, move out of those picks. They would move around a little bit. Yeah, but no, um, nobody wanted to what, move up. So true. nobody um, wanted to move up. And everyone kind of knew what, what the Giants needed to do with their top picks. I thought they kind of lucked out a little bit uh, with both picks. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau. Mm -hmm. was falling in the in the in the in the after the combine and so forth and he had some interview questions that that came up um and his work ethic was questioned all of this deflection type stuff you hear around draft prospects certain drafts draft prospects it happened to be Thibodeau this this time that that happened too and i kind of felt Basically, sorry for the kid a little bit Thibodeau was the number one overall pick in the draft process all season until the games ended and what happens is whoever is that person 
um, every year, suddenly uh, everybody finds holes in their game that didn't exist on the field. Um, and they get beat up on and they end up falling and falling is still, you know, a top five pick. So that's well, what there was talk. That, yeah, there was talk that he would fall out of the top 10. But uh, I think that um, the he Giants made a really nice move. Joe Schoen did it did a really good thing here. And he stuck with his board. Mm -hmm. He stuck with the talent evaluators that worked all all year. And when Thibodeau was there, uh, they nabbed him at five overall. And yeah, I think got, that's a great got an pick. elite pass rusher. And it turns out he's having a tremendous offseason for them. He's fully healthy. He's seeing all the right things. They really love him there. He's perfect in the New York market. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's going to end up being a pick that's just going to work really well for them. And then yeah. to have Evan Neal there, Keith, at right. seven overall mm -hmm. for for the left tackle of the future in this in this team. But he's going to play right tackle. He's going to right, play right gate. tackle for a year. Because Andrew um, Thomas is sitting there. Yep. Yep. And so then, I think that's a perfect move for them. That's like, this is where you get Gettleman out of the way and you get somebody that's competent to come in and really has the big picture ideas of what's going on with roster building. And this is the result. You mm -hmm. end up getting competency at the, at, in the draft um, that really shows up. And I thought it really showed up with their first like six picks or so in this draft. And even if, you know, if you drop back down and you look at their depth picks later on they're they're really good but at the top i thought they did an outstanding job yeah and and you know winning in this league right now is you got to protect your quarterback and you got to get after the other team's quarterback and that's what they did with these two picks they got um an elite tackle to protect their quarterback and they got an elite pass rusher to get after the opponent's quarterback um and that's how you build rosters that's how you win games um and honestly if gettleman had been there they probably would have used one of those two picks on um a quarterback and they would have just repeated the same mistake that they made with daniel jones and they would have had a quarterback that isn't good enough but they had to take early because they didn't have a quarterback yeah. um and instead they were smart they were patient um and they got a couple of elite players to plug in um and they just kicked the the quarterback can down um the road again but not having a quarterback not having daniel jones uh or you know having still, only Dan, daniel daniel jones um means you're probably going to be in position to draft one next year when the quarterbacks are actually good and i'm still not sold on the fact that he's not the answer you there, know i think he's had, he's had some games where he looked like a real like the real deal and, and then he's had he's, he's had, had a roster terrible dude the roster has just been awful for him you know it really has yeah you know you're, you're asking a kid to come in and play on a one of the top, bottom five rosters in the nfl mm -hmm. and that's not usually a recipe for success it's just not going to happen yeah. so the rest of their the top end of their draft was wandell robinson at 43 overall out of kentucky a little high for him but i can understand the upside there mm -hmm. um and then um josh azudu at offensive guard i think is another situation where they've solidified um their future there at mm -hmm. left guard and then uh flot their uh the lsu uh, corner is a kind of a slot nickel guy um and he's got a chance to come in right away and be effective uh, in a rotation or start and mm -hmm. then daniel bellinger i think is a is a really undervalued tight end that had a lot of upside as a receiving guy 
112 overall probably comes in and projects to to take the most snaps out of their tight end group. Um, well, I think Ricky Seals Jones ends up um, as kind of the starter, and Bellinger, you know, is the is the second tight end, and and he'll get snaps, and you'll see his playing time increase as the season goes on. But yeah, he's going to play a major role. And I, and I think that's great for them. You know, that's the guy that they need, you know, so that top end of their roster, they really added six guys are going to be heavy rotation guys or starters straight Mm -hmm. out on a, on a team that's, that's building. Um, and that's exactly what they needed to do. Yeah. And so I, I look at, at this and, and, um, you combine the signing of Mark Lewinsky at right, uh, guard, um, and you've added three new offensive linemen to an offensive line that was bad. Um, upgrades at both guard positions and, and right tackle. Um, and you're in a position now where you've, you've got, you're going to give Daniel Jones more time. You're going to make the running game um, better. And you've added, um, you know, Robinson to a group of wide receivers that isn't special. Um, and so they needed, but that's one of the places where they need to, to, add as they mm-hmm. this rebuild goes forward is they need to give him some better weapons um but mm-hmm. sterling shepherd is there uh when mm-hmm. he's healthy he's a he's a deep good deep threat um and kenny galloway can be uh an elite player but you know his production has been up and down quite a bit but a lot of that's been quarterback play interesting one of the problems we've been talking about roster building um Think about the where in the draft they took Saquon Barkley. Number three overall, right? Yeah. And or was it two overall? It was way up there. It was way too high for a running back. Um, you could get the production you get out of Barkley with, you know, a third round running back. And they could See, have actually had that's always the, there. that's always the argument, isn't it? But Saquon Barkley, man, when he was he came out, dude, there was no question his elite talent. He was going to go in the first round, whether it was the giants or somebody else. Yeah. Let somebody else do it. Let the lions or let one of the teams, <laughs> let the jets. You're talking teams... about Gettleman as the GM. Yeah. Um, I'm saying, uh, Oh wait, one of the teams was going to do it. It was going to be the team with Gettleman as the GM because, um, <laughs> yeah, you can, you can, or the other team that's infatuated with first round running backs, the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, they yeah. probably would have been all over that pick had they been in a position to, to get him. Yeah, Saquon Barkley, by the way, uh, is in great shape, fully recovered from injury, looks fantastic, says he's in the best condition of his life, and um, he's ready to go. So oh, it'll we're be interesting in, to see. We're in uh, best shape of my life season. Yeah, yeah, we are. Every, every player is in the best shape of their life right now, if you ask yes. them. Um, no, I mean, we've you've watched Barkley. He did. He had a, had a great rookie campaign in the second year. Um, was pretty good and then you've seen his production just drop off and he's a he's a running back you running backs are are elite running backs are hard to find yes but running back production in this league doesn't dictate wins like it used to and spending you know a top five pick on a running back is not how you build a roster and uh i just I'll always have a problem with that pick. It's just way too high. Um, and the Cowboys made the same mistake uh, with Ezekiel Elliott. And neither of those picks are ever going to give you that level, the level of production necessary to justify their draft position. But here we are. Yep. Three three years later, four years later. Um, 
All right. I think that wraps it up for this this franchise. Mm-hmm. Um I don't see, you know, the Giants are going to be um last in their in their division uh most likely. Um and then then the the Commanders and we can talk about the, those guys uh after a while. Um down the road here when we do the uh the roster evaluation for them. But um the Giants are going to are in the uh, NFC. The NFC is mm. diminished. And even with the NFC being diminished, this is still probably a bottom three team in the conference. They've got a ways to go. Uh, they but do. they are rebuilding. I think they know it. Daniel Jones are going to find out what they've got. They've got a better offensive line this year to evaluate that. Um, I still think they're they're lacking in some uh, weapons around him. Um, mm-hmm. But that's probably the last phase of a rebuild is you want to get those young guys, those fast guys, uh, elite playmakers, uh, to kind of round out the roster after you know what you have um, infrastructure-wise um, as you build inside out. And uh, so we'll see how that goes next year. But this year, eh, it's going to be a rough ride. They're probably yeah. a five, four or five-win team again. And um, I don't it is know. what it I, is. They were a four-win team last year. I think they're slightly better now. Um, but at least they're, they're right now they're building in the right way. They're building in the trenches. They're building um, with guys that will help them win long-term. Um, yeah. and you know, that's a good place to be where you're yeah, actually, and Brian, De, Brian DeBole is, is the, as the head coach now, mm-hmm. I think that that's a good hire. Um, and yeah. Yeah. I mean, they had to make, they had to make that move head coach. They had to get, they had to get him out of there. Um, yes. I mean, Joe judge was just overmatched, um, with that job. And so now they've got a guy that actually, might be a coach and we'll see all right find keith on twitter at myers nfl you can find me at Alfstead nfl find the show make sure you subscribe share with your friends all that good stuff thanks for listening take care thanks for listening to the pro football playbook podcast follow keith at myers nfl bill is at Alfstead nfl the show is at PF underscore playbook. Listen and subscribe on your favorite podcast app or YouTube and at our website, profootballplaybook.co.